0: Spooky Pinball and Ben Heck to make new game for Chicago Gaming. Pinball companies on the move. Management changes at American Pinball. Extra special fourth headline. New game coming from Multimorphic.
1: Hi, my name is Jonathan Youson. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine. And I'm joined here with...
0: Martin Air, I'm the editor of Pinball News, and welcome to this recap of the pinball industry and all the events which happened in February 2020. And I know we often say it's uh, an incredibly busy month, but um I think this month we can definitely say that, can't we, Jonathan? Yes, it, uh, it,
1: it's been a very busy month. Um, we see well. There's so much to cover. I, uh, it's a good thing that we have headlines so that we know where to start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, there was all sorts of news. There's uh, uh, um, multiple companies moving, um, and uh, quite surprising moves as well. Yeah, and it's,
0: it's worth mentioning that we are recording this on, well, I guess, strictly speaking, where you are, it's now the 3rd of March. Right. 2020, and yes. where I am here in <laughs> London, it's the 2nd of March right. 2020, so we are looking at a little bit of news which uh, has crept into this month as well. It's not all February, because yeah. there was some uh, interesting news today, and uh, and I think yesterday as well, yeah. which we'll be covering in this look back at what is mostly February 2020. Right. And um, just uh, as a teaser,
1: um, part of this podcast um, uh, will contain or will be an interview with uh, famed pinball designer Jim Petla. So, if you want to stick around, uh, uh, obviously there's a lot of news to discuss, but there's also an interview with Jim Petla, so stick around for that.
0: Yeah, very interesting and enlightening it is too, uh, so uh, we'll come to that a little bit later, but uh, we'll start off, I think, with uh, with news from today, actually, which um, came from the the 10th anniversary um Spooky Pinball podcast. Uh, right. So, first of all, congratulations to say. Spooky Pinball and oh, um, to Charlie day. and Buck for, uh, for the for the for the podcast they've been doing for the past ten years. That's an amazing achievement. You know, we've only been doing this for well, I don't know how long we'll be doing this for now. But oh, uh, oh, oh, I know exactly. <laughs> Do oh, you? Oh, good. Um, I think we're about to uh, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, about enter exactly. our second year. Oh, um because okay. I think our first one was after the Texas Pinball Festival two years ago, wow, okay, so because I remember we're... I got the i uh, I got certain ideas for the podcast uh, I think we might have started with it and but but it's around hmm. March or
0: something it like that, March, that that yeah. uh, that we started with it, so yeah okay, so well, so that's just, just two years for us, but uh, amazing ten years of the spooky crew so congratulations to them and on this particular one they had a uh, well, i didn't say a bombshell to drop but they had some some very exciting news to, uh, to give to everybody who was li- listening um, as part of their interview with Doug Duba from uh, Chicago Gaming right and um, that news was that um, that spooky pinball have um, sort of reunited with Ben Heck who who was uh, one of their collaborators on on earlier games uh, but they had a kind of falling out after a while but uh, they uh, they reconciled their differences they are back working together and they are designing a a licensed game for Chicago Gaming to actually manufacture oh that um, is very interesting indeed it is it's um it's uh, well you think about it it's uh, it's almost a unique um well it probably is a unique circumstance where one company is um, designing a game for another company to actually build. It would be like if Jersey Jack was designing a game for for Stern Pinball. Yes, or... um, or Williams were designing a game that Stern Pinball could make for Chicago oh that's happened hasn't it, yeah sorry um, <laughs> uh, so, so not that but, um, but Chicago Gaming are going to be building this game which is a design, It's a Ben Heck design uh, with the development done by Spooky Pinball and it's not going to be a limited edition uh, like most Spooky Pinball games are because um, they tend to have a, you know they build 500 games a year and they don't want to. Um, exceed don't the have hammer. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to. Oh, well, do Seven fifty, obviously for um, for Rick and Morty, but they don't want to tie their. They are basically already tied up for the next eighteen months building Rick and Morty games. so right. They're not because they build really five hundred
1: games a year and they're fine with doing that.
0: Absolutely, yeah. They they don't they don't want to expand their own facilities there. But one way to expand, they do, They can expand is by working with another manufacturer, uh, effectively building a second line. So Chicago Gaming are going to build this game. Um, the, there are no details of what the license is or what the theme is or anything much about it, other than they do seem to be very excited about the game that Ben's come up with, and um, they uh, they say it's you know it's uh, introduces a whole bunch of, of new ideas and uh, is far from you know uh, a sort of mundane um, dull license. It's 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 actually you know, very innovative, and um, one of the one. Well, I think they said it's the most excitement they've had in any new game. And given the, uh, the exciting games they produce, that's that's saying something. Uh, are we talking about Chicago Gaming or a Spooky? Um, well, Spooky have been saying it. Well, they have both been saying it actually. About um, in the in the interview with Doug Duba that they did at the in the podcast, um, that it's clear that both both parties are very excited about this. Okay, uh, um, um, I had difficulty downloading the
1: podcast, so my question at this point would be, um, is this game going to be the next title that uh, Chicago Gaming is going to put out, or are we seeing a uh, Valley Williams remake first,
0: and that game would be after that? I don't think that was actually addressed directly, but my impression is that at the um, Texas show I imagine they will be uh, Chicago Gaming will be announcing their next remake and they I think it was made clear that they will not be presenting anything to do with this um, spooky Ben Heck collaboration at texas that will be coming later in the year if not next year there's, there's no time frame actually put on the, on the, when that game would be released okay. but i think Makes it's sense. fair to say that chicago gaming's next title uh, will be a remake and it will be announced at texas um, in a few weeks time okay right and let's not forget that the texas
1: pinball festival and the midwest gaming classic show are in a few weeks time
0: ah yeah one uh, in uh, towards the end of march and the other right right at the beginning of april right but speaky pinball haven't been uh, busy on just that they've also been releasing some uh, some new software for their games as well rick and malty uh, in production now being delivered to uh, early buyers then um, they have a new version of the code um they seem to on that one, for some reason, I don't know whether this is, this is a, uh, a thing that they do with the E.C. games, but the, the version of the code is actually the date on which it was released. So uh, that is version 2020.02.22. Right. So that will be 22nd of February. Um, that that came out, and that has well, it's it's not a it's not a sort of a giant leap forward. In terms of what uh, what game features are in there, there's mainly sort of bug fixes there really. So that's not a bit too excited. But it, if you've got a Rick and Morty, or if you're expecting a Rick and Morty to be delivered fairly soon, then you will want to get the latest version of the code, and that is uh, the 22nd of February version. And in addition, they've also been working on the As Coopers Nightmare Castle. There's been another version of that um, just beyond version one. It's version 1.1, which again. Uh, it's, it's more a sort of bug fix and um, it balancing um, release it doesn't have it doesn't introduce any new, any new features into the rules but um, certainly something which you would want to have if you've got an Alice Cooper game
1: right um, uh, speaking of uh, the Rick and Morty game uh, Jack Danger had a uh, live stream of Rick and Morty from uh, an arcade somewhere in uh, I don't even remember where it was but um which I thought was a uh, very interesting uh, live stream, especially with uh, Eric uh, Priepke, the programmer of the game, mostly, uh, most of the time doing commentary uh, on gameplay mm-hmm. and commenting on the chat. Uh, people were asking questions and so on. And um, um, from the top of my head, I remember him saying that um, there's going to be a lot more... Um, uh, dimensions uh, where uh, you can travel to um, about 50% of the speech is currently implemented in the game. And there's, uh, so there's a lot more speech coming. And um, uh, he also addressed uh, well, some of the, the, the modes, how to play them and so on. It was a very informative um Uh, live stream I would have to say Uh, very fun to watch as well and um, from what I could see I really uh, like what they did with Rick and Morty I think theme integration they really knocked it out of the park so Congratulations
0: uh, oh, to Spooky Pimble. It's a pity they are
1: not building more of those.
0: Yes, I, I didn't get a chance to actually watch the live stream myself or even the replay of it, but I, I did see comments saying that it really helped people understand uh, the direction the game is going and uh, how all the various modes and features in it work. So the fact they're able to ask their programmer uh, directly about that um, is obviously a huge help, and um, I think it's something that... Uh, that but other pinball companies really want to do. I think everybody likes likes doing live streams now, and uh, I think Jack's pretty busy doing them. So um, let, let's hope we get to see some more of those. And, and uh, the sort of the, the mystery of the game uh, and how it works is uh, we know, when we've got such complicated games, um, that mystery needs to be you know, sort of partially cleared up so people can get more into the game straight away. So it's a good idea. So, uh, yeah. Good work um, at Spooky and uh, with Jack. Right. So um, then, pinball companies on the
1: move.
2: Mm. And
1: um, if you, as, you, as you can, uh, yes, you heard that right. I said pinball companies, plural. Um, multiple pinball companies um, are moving their facilities right now as we speak. Um, I think the most uh, uh, shocking one is uh, Jersey Jack Pinball moving to El Grove Village
0: um, in Illinois. Yes, Elk Grove Village, a name you may well remember from uh, being the home of uh, Stern Pinball. Right, it's right. the current home of Stern Pinball. Um, right. There is, there's a suggestion, shall we say, that um, th- the company that owns. Stern's factory that uh, they lease it uh, would like to basically demolish it and build uh, a much more modern facility there but I think Stern have uh, quite a few years left on the lease there so I don't think they're going to be moving unless there's a very attractive offer but that whole area around um, I think that whole street is owned by Prologis and um, they have developed uh, quite a few of the factories around Stern the other side of the street I think was completely demolished and rebuilt with a lot of high-tech factories and server farms there. So I think I think they'd like to do that at uh, Stern's factory as well. But uh, in the meantime, um, yes, as, as Jonathan said, um, Jersey Jack Pimble have decided to move their manufacturing base away from Lakewood, New Jersey, and move to the very, very same... Um, city of Elk Grove Village not in Illinois. The city, the same
1: industry park. Yeah, well, the haven't companies haven't Stern and Jersey Jack will be a mile apart from each other.
0: Do we actually have an address for where uh, Jersey Jack are moving to?
1: Um, I'm. I don't I'm have not.
0: it in front of me, but I've, I've seen uh, an address suggested, but I haven't seen it confirmed yet. It
1: was uh, earlier today, I was talking to uh, Gary. Yes, it does happen that uh, I actually get to talk to him on the phone. And. um, No, uh, Gary Flower. Oh, all right. I can understand the confusion. Yes, yes, I know. It's Uh, happened a few times. Right. So, but no, uh, occasionally it happens that uh, uh, I happen to talk to Gary Flower. And in this case, um, he. Uh, was the source um, telling me that Jersey Jack would be within a miles radius of Turntable?
0: Well, so there's actually the possibility. I don't know the uh, the geography exactly uh, of where where Jersey Jack are going to, but it could be that. Uh, you know, they and Stern Pinball will end up sort of going to the same restaurants for lunch and after work. And I think thing. that's already the
1: case uh, for the uh, uh, design uh, and development team that's uh, currently uh, in Bensonville, mm. uh, where it happened on multiple occasions that um, the uh, uh, people working for Jersey Jack were uh, walking in or out uh, and uh, uh, running into Stern employees.
0: Well, Bensonville's not that far away from Elk Grove Village, but uh, I guess it's probably even even nearer now. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's any, you know, any cross-contamination, if I want to put it that way, or any... any, uh, any synergy between those two companies being so close to each other. And well, and we they, all know they, what they, happened
1: with Belly and Williams. Uh, they uh, had their uh, l- big lunches at the Round robin in Chicago, and eventually those two companies merged. So,
0: mm. I'm telling yeah. you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly an interesting interesting move, and the fact you know, that not only they just moved Jersey Jack, this is not only as Jersey Jack pinball, not, um, they had just moved from uh, from New Jersey to Illinois, but uh, to, to that precise location. So there must be some some nice incentives for companies to set up in Elk Grove Village, in order for them to to uh, pick that particular area.
1: Yeah. So and and a lot of people were uh, wondering why would they move. Um, I tried to get uh, Jack uh, Gornieri, the owner or, uh, or the founder of. Uh, Jersey Jack Pinball to uh, uh, come on the phone and do uh, an interview with us. Um, Sadly he did not respond uh, to that but uh, in the meantime it has become clear that um, obviously you get all the the, uh, the positive uh, explanations why uh, this move is necessary and apparently uh, the official uh, wording is that uh, both locations of Jersey Jack Pinball, the one in uh, Lakewood and the one in Bensonville uh, uh, both outgrew their facility and um, so they were looking to uh, find a new location where they could actually combine uh, the, the game development and uh, manufacturing under one roof which they now have found in mm-hmm. um, well, Elgrove
0: Village. I have to raise a certain element of doubt about both areas having outgrown their uh, their space available, because um, having been to the Jersey Jack factory in Lakewood, I, I know how much space they have there. In fact, they have a couple of production lines, um, and, and uh, I can't imagine they are actually pushing those to their limits at the moment. But... Um, it's, it certainly makes a lot of sense to combine manufacturing and design and um, in, in one under one roof and I haven't actually seen it said anywhere and I don't know whether you have either Jonathan that, um, that says that the Bensonville office is actually mo- uh, moving I've heard they said that they're both going to Illinois or both going to be in Illinois but and they've talked about it being under one roof but no one said that the Bentsville offices is closing as such and they're moving to Elk Grove Village. It merely said that the, the Lakewood facility is moving to Elk Grove Village. Right.
1: Okay. Well, I tried to um, ask some questions. Um, interestingly, um, this was a uh, announced through an official Press release mm, through yeah. a PR company. So yeah, I PR th- Newswire. Yes, I sent an email to the PR company, and they never got back to me. Mm, Which is kind of odd,
0: because so they're not very really good at communication, then.
1: Uh, apparently, <laughs> and um, it's it's uh, kind of odd, I'd say, for a PR company to. Uh, um, have an email address listed if you have any questions or interview requests contact this person and you try to contact that person and they never get back to you Mm -hmm. but that being said okay um we all know uh uh, we have short lines with uh uh, jersey jack uh, um employees and so on um I did uh, have a very brief chat with uh, Jen Gornieri. That's the daughter of Jack, and she's um, uh, also working at the company. Um, she also is a uh, young mother of two, mm. yeah. um, and she's currently working at the uh, the Lakewood office, of course. Uh, Meaning that she's living in uh, New Jersey and Mm. it made me wonder whether um, she either lost her job or whether she will be moving or what would happen and she confirmed to me that she will be um, uh, continuing her job and she will be working from home.
0: And her job is in sales. Yes, um, machine sounds.
1: She's sales. She's media contacts, uh, press inquiries, uh, and she does a lot more. Um, um, I'm trying to remember the uh, the Jersey Deck phone menu where uh, everything is listed. But uh, uh, no, she, well, obviously she has an office job. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which means that um, well, if she's able to do that from home, um, then I'm happy that we keep her, uh, get to keep her in the company.
0: Yeah, um, I mean that that office was also, or that the factory, I should say, was also home to um, Jack's sales company as well, pinball sales, oh. and and I don't know whether that. Is or well, basically what's happening about this, that sales side of the operation? Um, I, I guess they are getting rid of the entire building because there's no point just keeping that building for sales or for marketing or promotions. Um, so, especially well, as you said, you no, know, Jen is, is going to be working from home, so that that office won't exist anymore. So, yeah, interesting to see what's exactly what's, what's happening there. I, I can't imagine. No, I'm I'm second guessing here, but I can't imagine that moving away from New Jersey was something that that Jack would have been would have been his first choice. Should we put it that way? Um, no, probably not. No, I imagine that was more uh, um, it's more made more sense for the company than it did for him personally. But um, that's just that's just my guesswork. I don't know. He's he did a, uh, give some quotes to replay magazine i believe in a short article about the move um and is it didn't sound you know wholeheartedly supportive in it it was more like we we hope that this will lead to um so cost savings and uh, synergies between the the groups all being under one un, under one roof they didn't say you know it will. It's like we hope it will, and that's a bit of a, a telltale. I thought, I'm maybe reading too much into it, but it didn't. Didn't sound a wholehearted endorsement of it. And, Sorry, uh, I'm not sure how to help with that yet. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, there you go. Google doesn't know how to help with it either. So, so uh, what chances have the rest of us got? <laughs> it's not just me being bothered with strange voices now, but you as well. Yeah, that's right. It's one of the dangers of having a uh, an automated household, I suppose, <laughs> that's voice activated. Every now oh, and again, it, it will so suddenly. So, uh, Martin, oh. come in. Yeah, I know. Right, it frightens uh, okay. me sometimes. Okay, so um, wrapping up the uh, uh,
1: the Jersey Jack uh, pinball move. Actually, I hmm. want to uh, uh, continue to uh, the move of another pinball company. Yes, I was um, just one. The first. move. Yeah, that uh, in fact, yes. Uh, another uh, pinball company moving um, is actually moving countries, and that's Hongpin uh, that used to be in China, and they are actually al- they already moved to Taiwan. Um, I've I actually already known that for quite some time, but they uh, wanted to keep it quiet um, until the news got out when. Um, Mike Kalinowski started posting pictures of their new facility in uh, Taiwan, um, but apparently the um, uh, well, I think there's two um, two main reasons uh, for for uh, the move. Uh, one of the, uh, which is the um, well, probably the coronavirus, as um, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big threat in China. And, and uh, shut down production, um, all, all yes. kinds of places. Uh, but I think uh, one of the uh, uh, the main reasons is that the uh, Chinese government is applying so many rules to companies and um, they're they're used to, like, if they decide, like, oh, well, this business park is now going to be a... Uh, um, Server park, and we're not allowing any other businesses, then you're basically screwed and you have to pack up your stuff and go.
0: And uh, there's so many regulations that I well, that's s- happened true in the past, hasn't it? You no, know, he's, he's already in his at least his second home. I mean, I ha- been forced out of one city and ha- having to move to another one because they decided that they wanted to, uh, you know, go more high tech and have clean air and all that kind of stuff, and right. uh, having a place which which cuts up wood and, and uh produces pinball machines was not exactly uh, conducive to the kind of uh, industries that they wanted to have in that area. Right. And um, now with uh, Mike's uh, girlfriend being from
1: Taiwan uh, that might have helped um, uh, with choosing for Taiwan but I guess it was obvious for Mike that uh, he was pretty fed up with uh, the way Chinese government is interfering with any businesses and um, especially with the coronavirus um, where uh, uh, regulations were um, applied to everybody basically saying that your employees have to stay home until further notice but you still have to keep on paying them mm-hmm. um, that, that well, certain businesses may not uh, last long because of um, uh, right. measures so, measure
0: so like that all outgoings and no income yeah
2: so, yeah so, you anyway. can also
0: imagine that um, the all the sort of you know the trade disputes that china has been having with the united states for which and the united states probably being its largest market for games or at least when it came to thunderbirds and um, maybe not so much with the uh, the china zombies but maybe with future games to have a major or well, a major customer in an area where they're likely to impose m- big tariffs on your products because you're engaged they are engaged in a trade war with with the company you're manufacturing in and that's going to put your prices up and give you a lot of uncertainty and there's no don't have any of that problem in, in Taiwan I wouldn't have thought
1: yeah um, exactly um, what's also interesting to note is that um, As you may remember, um, there is actually a Taiwanese pinball company called um, Wachi. That's uh, spelled W-E-C-H-E. They designed a a head-to-head pinball game, which um, sort of has like a ping pong ball instead of a steel ball. And um, Mm, it's kind of like a joust game, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Head to head. And um, uh, I've heard from uh, pinball enthusiasts who uh, have seen the game and played it, and they weren't very impressed with it. Um, The reason I bring it up is that um, apparently the uh, location of the new facility of Home Pin is not that far from Wetchy. And employees of Wetchy and Homepin are also familiar uh, with each other. So who knows what that may lead to. Hmm. uh, So that could be interesting in the
0: future as well. Um, Yes, because as we reported last time, Homepin are uh, producing non-pinball games as well with their their retake of uh, Ice Cold Beer called Ride the Wave. So they're they're into arcade games and redemption type games as well. So, right, and yeah, as you say, so a, some, so could be Wedge. some crossover there.
1: And Wetch is also a big cabinet supplier for um, uh, lots of companies. So uh, there could be some some
0: um, collaborations possibly in the future. Who knows? Mm. So that's so, that's our that's our second company moving. Uh, location, indeed, and there are say. still more companies moving. Ooh.
1: Uh,
0: who could be the next one?
1: Well, the next one is actually uh, it's probably the smallest move from the three that we are uh, currently discussing. Um, yeah. And we're talking about American Pinball, who are currently in stream boot but they are moving to uh, Palantyne, I
0: think it's called. Yeah, Palantyne, yes.
1: Uh, which is still in Illinois, and it's uh, well. You've, I think, you've made the drive actually, so you know better than I uh, how much the distance it is.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's not that close to their current location, and I think um, a number of people who who work at the current Streamwood factory uh, were not overly thrilled by having to drive all the way to Palantine, But equally, there's a whole bunch of people who live on the other side, who. Uh, who will now have a much shorter commute in order to get to uh, the, new, the the new factory? I mean, we we, we covered the new factory before, um, shown pictures of it on Pinball News um, a, over a year ago. Um, it would have been just before Pinball Expo in two thousand and eighteen, I think, when uh, they just American Pinball just got the the factory. Um, it later transpired that it's actually a joint facility with aimtron um, who also have a a very large facility already in valentine and um i don't want to sort of jump the gun a bit about some of the news we'll be doing about american pinball a bit later but um i think now uh, the american pinball have actually started moving in or about to move in this week is that right, Jonathan? Um, yes, uh,
1: and that will be uh, more or less confirmed with uh, in the interview that I did with uh, Jim Petla, mm. um, who is uh, currently... Uh, the chief C- operations officer. Exactly, at American Pinball. Um, and I don't see why we actually shouldn't go through yeah. that right now. Um, since we're already on the topic of American Pinball. So it's probably best that we first do the interview with Jim Petler and then we further discuss um, uh, the yeah. uh, the other news.
0: Yeah, well, on... I think it's happening in American. Yes. Okay.
1: So here's uh, my interview of last Saturday um, with uh, American Pinball COO Jim Petler. With me on the phone is uh, famed pinball designer Jim Petla, who is um, uh, currently working for American Pinball. And um, those of you who read Pinball Magazine number three might also be uh, familiar with Jim's career at uh, Belly Pinball, where he designed um, very uh, well-known pinball tables like um, a Kiss, uh, just to name uh, one of them. And um, Um, Well, Jim was officially retired, but he's back into the pinball game, and uh, since he's working at American Pinball, we're going to be talking about uh, the the recent changes and uh, news development and so on at American Pinball. So, um, as this is uh, recorded on Saturday morning, I say good morning, Jim.
2: Good morning. It's a pleasure to speak with you, as always.
1: Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I know that you have been working at American Pinball for quite some time. Uh, but that news, uh, that all of a sudden, that was news this month. Um, but you've been there at least for half a year or so, or, or, or even more, I think. Yeah,
2: I, I started about six months ago, part-time. And uh, the intrigue of it was uh, building a uh, 52,000 square feet foot factory which is less than two miles from my house. So when they contacted me and they kind of dangled that carrot, you know, why don't you, you know, come by? You can come by and see what you can do to help us out. It's obviously going to be convenient for you. Well, that sounded like a great idea. The downside was, is that the, we'll be moving into the factory probably next week. So it took a little longer than they expected to get all the occupancy permits and so forth. So it was basically the you know a lot of politics and the inspections and so forth that delayed everything. Um, the new facility is fantastic, and I can't wait to start there. Right. And it, it's it's not only is it more convenient; it's going to be a, a just a beautiful, beautiful location. So. Uh, I can't wait, and I know everybody else within the organization can't wait. Uh, we'll probably be starting our production of our G3 game over there, which is, you know, you're calling it G3 is the third game that American Pinball will be producing. What, uh, uh, this uh, one will...
1: What makes what what does the G stand for? Because I can see it, the three... Well, is just is game.
2: It? Oh, just, game just game. One, yeah. Just game three. It's just yeah. G three is just game three. You know, so it's it's just a simple. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, because even within the company, people have a tendency to um, inadvertently leak things. Because if you start getting comfortable calling the game by whatever it happens to be, you know, it slips out. So right from the beginning. Uh, it was called G3, and every single document calls it G3, and when we talk, it's G3, and right. nobody ever refers to it by its uh, name that it's going to be released under.
1: Okay, there have been rumors that it might be uh, a licensed theme uh, with uh, Hot Wheels as the uh, theme for the, for the game. I'm not sure whether you well, feel comfortable commenting on that. But
2: Well, I, w- I will say that the next game definitely is a licensed game. It's something that American Pinball um, I, I was questioned about. You know, uh, being a startup company... They entered the pinball market on their own merits and the merits of their uh, designs. And a lot of people questioned why they didn't have a licensed product when they were uh, entering a market that they had never been in before. So um, obviously trying to listen to the feedback from the field and so forth, uh, they took that advice and their third game will be a licensed game.
1: Okay. Well, that's uh, interesting. And um, uh, for those uh, going to the Texas Pinball Festival, um, which is um, later this month, um, if I'm not mistaken, the game will be revealed at that show. That is true. Okay, so that's less that, than is a true. Month. that is less than a month uh, before we get to know what Game 3 or G3 uh, actually stands for.
2: There you go okay and then I, and I you know there there's been um, you know a lot of speculation and so forth and the previous two games um, there's a lot of um, comments and observations uh, on the previous games the the type of shots, the type of rules the artwork and so forth and I think that this is a game that, uh people will be happy with because I think that the design team listened and uh tried to address all the comments from the past hmm.
1: okay so uh that so. makes it even more interesting Conway to um uh to see the game and play it at the texas show um now um American Pinball uh was in the news this month as well Um, as um, it appeared that um, um, uh, Aimtron is um, getting more involved with what American Pinball is doing Um, apparently there's also a new uh, salesperson uh, uh, is there anything uh, that you can uh, discuss about that, uh, clear up because not everything is uh, uh, clear to everybody
2: um, what what I can say about that is, and um, we do have a new salesperson starting. Um, I wish the company would have made the official announcement before this call, so because I don't want to mention his name and so forth. But on Monday we will have another uh, a new salesperson starting for American Pinball. Uh, he is, uh, is a pinball enthusiast and I think he's going to be a, a great addition to the organization. Now, with that being said, as far as referring and, and discussing about Amtron, Amtron was always the parent company. Uh, Amtron is a very successful um, contract manufacturer for uh, PCBs. They manu- manufacture print circuit boards for a number of different uh, industries, you know military, governments, you know, medical, so forth, if I'm not uh, mistaken,
1: at some point, they even made uh, printed circuit boards for Stern pinball.
2: Yes, they did yeah they, uh, after they went into uh, the, the pinball business, obviously that kind of slipped away. Um, being a direct competitor to stern, i don't think Stern felt comfortable in supporting the parent company. Right. But uh, that would make sense. Um, so Amtron was always the parent. Uh, the founder and president of Amtron has been uh, very busy, busy with that organization, obviously busy with the completion of the new facility, the build-out and so forth. Uh, but in addition to that, he had... Uh, uh, family obligations that uh, he was very heavy into, especially over this last year. So uh, those are out of the way now. And he is now back to, and there's a big smile on his face. Not that there was anything wrong with supporting the family and, you know, watching your two kids get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very joyful as well. But you can see that um, he likes building companies. And now he's focusing on—he's giving his full attention to American pinball and what he can do to support that and to uh, make it more successful.
1: Okay. So, um, um, and in the new facility, um, is that uh, will it be Aimtron
2: and American pinball on the one roof, or uh, there, there, there is a um, there—that is true. There, it, it, we share the. Four walls and the roof, but there's no common area or anything that we will be sharing. Okay. So it, it, it's 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 like two companies within one structure, but uh, they're they're separated. Um, they're obviously, you know, it, it's just the way it's set up. It's just, it's a matter of convenience. And uh, obviously, fifty-two thousand square feet is a large building. We're going to have uh, the majority of that. Um, so that's going to be—it's uh, going to be spectacular.
1: So, with you being a, a, a former uh, pinball designer, any chances that we might see a new Jim Patla game design at uh, American Pinball in the future?
2: Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future, but the reason that I uh, started with American Pinball was to help them with the uh, operational aspects of their business, um, not only the operations, manufacturing, uh, supply chain, but also design elements within their uh, their existing design. Uh, game three had already been started and was... For the most part, there was a playable Whitewood by the time I came on board. So, you know, I was there to just help um, with my experience from the past, as I had done at Valley and, you know, Williamson, um, as being a member of the uh, team because it really is a team development. And it was just really to just add my experience and knowledge to what they were currently doing.
1: Right. So with the uh, involvement of AIMTRON, does that mean that there are also changes in the management of American Pinball?
2: Um, There's no uh, direct changes to the management in American Pinball. I mean, uh, one of the first changes will be a new salesperson. But uh, as far as the organization, McKesh is the... um, CEO and Davo is the president and uh, so the, in that respect that hasn't changed I'm the uh, interim COO so I guess that would be a change because that's you know that was basically around the first of the year when I um, started working full time instead of part time like I originally uh, committed to so uh, the, the, the changes are all positive positive. And uh, it's, it's going to be exciting to see how this works out. To,
1: to round this all up, um, earlier um, we mentioned that game number three will be revealed at the uh, Texas Pinball Festival, um, which is at the
2: end of March. In- invite everybody to come by and give it a play.
1: Right. Not only that, the question is, will you be there as well?
2: Yes, I will. Well, then I
1: look forward to seeing you there, and I'm quite sure that um, a lot of other pinball enthusiasts um, familiar with uh, your previous games will be happy to see you there as well.
2: I I look forward to seeing everybody. It's always always a lot of fun. I mean, uh, some of the questions that are asked uh, bring back some very uh, joyous memories, and a lot of times you take things for granted and... You forget, you know how much fun you had. I mean, obviously, pinball in my career has been nothing but enjoyable. And uh, but there's still times when something comes up that you go, Oh, I forgot about that, and it can start off for a whole long-winded story. Right. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for your time right now. And um, like I said, I look forward to seeing you uh, at the uh, uh, Texas Pinball Festival and I assume also at the Midwest Gaming Classic, which is the weekend after yes. um, in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
2: Correct. Okay. And we'll be there as well.
1: Excellent. So um, then I wish you the best of luck uh, with the upcoming move for American Pinball. And um, uh, we'll see each other soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks.
0: And there you have it. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, well done on that. Unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to uh, to be part of that, although I was. Uh, I was certainly interested in to hear what Jim had to say and um, and uh, how American Pinball is is now part of Aimtron. Well, they a, in always a, sort of well, were they were kind of like a, a sister company or arms length. Division, but uh, I think, I think
1: it's Jim cl- referred to it as the Enron uh, always being the parent company.
0: Yeah, but um, basically, Devol ran it as a, as a completely separate company, Devol uh, Vasani, and um, it's it's clear now that uh, Mukesh um, has uh, sort of taken a much more of a of a leading role in, well, in looking I'd, after I'd what's say happened. More of an interest. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um but it also said that um made it clear that um and I, I can understand why, that they are well there's moving into the new factory this week, which is shared with Aimtron. Yes. Uh, but it is the majority of that building of uh, the fifty two thousand square foot building is um is taken up by American pimballs and a factoring area. Um uh, I- which would also be, I guess, also American arcade if that grows as a business as well. You know, after their their, their Flying Dutchman game, whether that takes off and, and future titles also take off, they have plenty of production capability there. Right. But AIM, you have to remember that Aimtron is a a, a high tech company and it does a lot of sort of defence work as well. Right. So I think they were at at pains to stress that there is you know it's not a, a virtual separation. Within the company, it is actually literally this part of the building, this side of the wall, is Aimtron, and this side of the wall is American Pinball, and right. there's no there's no leakage from one side to the other. They are separate companies, and you know all the defence work that Aimtron are doing is, is not anything that any, any American Pinball um, staff are going to have access to.
1: Right, and uh, that's exactly a, uh, how I understood it. Um, I uh, obviously I talked. Um, uh, outside the interview also with Jim Petla, and um, uh, he made it clear that uh, because of the um, uh, uh, top security uh, work that Amtron is doing for various uh, projects, uh, that part of the building will be completely secured and uh, not ah. accessible for American pinball employees. So it's basically two companies on the one roof but not sharing any...
0: Uh, um, uh, space together. Right. I, I didn't know he, he told you that, but that's certainly the impression that I got from what he was saying. So that certainly makes a lot of sense. And, um, yeah, also interesting to hear him talking about um, American Pinball's third game, their G3, as they call it, right. being a licensed theme which will be revealed at the Texas Pinball Festival. Right, and um... American Pinball already started teasing
1: that third game. Um, I think they posted on their Facebook a uh, an image of a lot of flames with something uh, a, a line of text in the line of "Are you ready to get hot?" or something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't have it in front of
0: me, but let me see if I can quickly look it up. Mm, yes. So obviously, playing towards the the notion that it would be a Hot Wheels game, as you said in the interview. Uh, obviously. Jim wasn't going to comment on that he's a seasoned veteran of the uh, the pinball industry and knows better than to drop any sort of major clues or uh, leaks about what the title is going to be right So, um, and there's more news from
1: American Pinball mm. as well um, Jim mentioned that they have a news uh, sales representative who is actually starting today and
0: I actually already know who it is Mm, yes, indeed. Do you want to uh, do you want to reveal who no. that uh, new sales manager no, is now? No? No, no, oh, okay. no, Okay, okay. It's oh, not, Michael uh, Grant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I it, Michael Grant. Yes, yes. Congratulations to Michael on his new role as uh, sales manager at uh, American Pinball.
1: Right, and um, uh, many of you might be familiar with Michael, uh, as he is a uh, a pimble. Uh, enthusiast, and I think mm. he also played several um, of the uh, the Pimberg, uh tournaments, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, thinking. he's a tournament player as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, congratulations uh, uh, on, on uh, landing a new job. Um, in the meantime, I did find the American Pinball teaser, and uh, 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 the copy on that reads Are you ready to get hot? Coming soon uh, with uh, flames on the ba- uh, in the background. So it's very clear to me that the upcoming game must be a barbecue-themed pinball machine.
0: Oh, at last. Oh, well, perhaps it's a hard eight then. And, uh... I was
1: going to say, what better location or, or events to reveal a barbecue-themed pinball machine than the Texas Pinball Festival with heartache within five minutes of driving distance and everybody who's been there coming
0: back for more so um yeah well i I can tell you're ready to get hot so uh, I'm ready for Hard Eight. You are indeed, yes. Um, so you'll set up your uh, your stall there, I imagine. Just uh, just get your copies of Pinball Magazine, which I understand is uh, is more like a book. Um, just get them shipped straight to Hard Eight, and you can just actually have not tape. a bad idea, uh, Martin. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for that. Always willing
1: to help. <laughs> Much appreciated. So moving on with,
0: um, I think we're done with the, the speaking of movie. We're done we, with. We, we are. Um, we should probably just pop back to Jersey Jack Pinball, who haven't, who, had, who one of the first companies that we mentioned about moving, um, because we're kind of expecting them to have announced their their next game really by now, aren't we? Um, but they haven't, and there's no indication exactly when they are going to, and I. I'm not expecting them to reveal anything at Texas, are you? Nope. No. neither. Especially not with this move uh, coming up. Well, that might delay things further, but um, there's no indication that anything is about to be released, which is a bit a bit disappointing, but... Uh, we have to have to wonder when when the uh, the long-awaited next title is going to be announced. Well, as Jack mentioned um,
1: in in previous interviews, um, he really would like to announce a game when it's really close to actually uh, being taken into production or already into production, and so that they can ship them right away. So my guess is. Uh, uh, Hopefully they will be announcing a game when it's ready to be um, taken into production.
0: Yeah, we have to wonder whether they're going to start their new facility in uh, Elk Grove Village by producing the next title. Well, the interesting thing is, and then still we get back to the move, um, I have not
1: seen any indication of a timeline of when they want to move.
0: Well, I, I've, I heard that they have already started moving. And they've already already started setting things up in Elk Grove Village. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's it's going to be very short term. And um, I I think well in the in the press release they thanked all the uh, the uh, workers at the Lakewood uh, facility and uh, as if it was kind of well that's it we finished thank you. There was no no mention about um, how long they'd be staying there for. Um, So. I would do wonder whether in Elk Grove they're going to start off straight straight away building their next title. I mean, what, um, why not? And um, then, as you say, you know, every company likes to be in the position where they can announce a title and and have it for sale straight away. Um, Stern managed it with to a degree with Stranger Things. So, um, and as you said, Jacks Long said that's where he wants to be as well. So, perhaps this is the opportunity to to do that. Right. So, that's uh, Jersey Jack Pimble, I think, and um, news from them. Now, uh, I suppose we we better probably mention about another company you might have heard of, Stern Pimble. Stern Mm -hmm. Pimble. Um, Aren't those the ones that um,
1: used to be in Melrose Park, and then they moved to
0: Elk Grove Village? Yeah, it's all the all the trend apparently. Moving to Oak Grove Village, oh, right? Perhaps we should move there. Perhaps we should do our podcast from there. Well,
1: I've I've, I've been there. I'm not sure whether it's such an exciting um, place to to move to. But then right, again, no point.
0: maybe it is. Well, everyone seems to be going there. But in the meantime, Stern have been um, well. They, they've announced some new games. Well, a new game. But with two different versions of it, they've. Uh, it's officially not even announced, I think. Uh,
1: although they have been teasing it.
0: Well, they have, and um, it was actually on their on their Facebook page. Just yeah, that was just today. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, just today. They they have a picture of the play field. but this um, let's let's give a few more details then. This is a game called Heavy Metal. Right. It's a retheme of the uh, the Star Wars pin the home edition game and it's being made for in the same way that um, Supreme was a a rebranded version of an existing game well this is being made for a company called Incendium who um, are a comic and monster and metal collectible store right Um, heavy metal in this particular case it's a fairly generic name but it actually refers to a sort of fantasy horror comic book which um, began a long time, I think, about 1977 or something. Uh, it was originally based on the French um, uh, magazine or comic book of the of, uh, of a similar genre. And um, when it was produced over in the US, it, 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 one particular cover art uh, image um, was um, was picked up by uh, artist pinball artist uh, Doug Watson and he um, used it as uh, inspiration for the back glass on the game that he was designing or was doing the artwork for called quicksilver for stern
1: right. which is and the green one and then everybody knows the one. which one you're talking about
0: yeah well it's the green playfield yes it's the it's a sort of it's the it's the woman coming out of like a liquid uh, sort of mercury type pool with um, yeah quicksilver basically um And he he talked about that in um, in a few of his presentations as well, about where he... The last one he did in Pinball Expo, actually, last year, he he mentioned that. And uh, while we're talking about that, let me give a blatant plug for the uh, Pinball News YouTube channel where you can watch that very presentation of Doug talking about how the uh, heavy metal magazine cover was his inspiration for the Quicksilver Backglass. Anyway... The um, heavy metal magazine is, um, was the inspiration then for a heavy metal movie, uh, which is a bit of a sort of a cult stoner kind of film. Uh, probably not, I haven't seen it, but pr- from what I've heard, not necessarily that artistically merited, but certainly um, a bit of a cult movie, let's put it that way. And this new game features some characters and some scenarios from the horror comic book and also from the movie and right. um it's available in two different artwork packages there's a sort of ready screen um say artwork for the cabinet i think the play feels the same for both right but, um, and the translate as well and the translate as well absolutely right yes So there's a red green sort of cabinet artwork package and a, a blue purple one and um well, uh, I don't really know a huge amount about it. It's The game is based on, as I said before, the Star Wars pin Home Edition. Which was originally the Spider-Man Home Edition, and it evolved into um,
1: uh, Supreme and then Star Wars. And I uh, yes. might be missing out on
0: one other... Um, uh, I think you've covered it, but the yeah. I think I think the Star Wars, uh, sorry, the uh, the Spider Man when it first came out, it had a colour LED display. Correct. A smaller display. It was a, so it was like a four by three display. Um, yes. And then when it came to the Supreme, I think, and then onwards, it had a regular um, red dot, dot matrix. matrix display. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's correct, and and this game has a regular dot matrix display as well. So I'm guessing that means it's not a it's not a Spike Two game. It's um, probably a Sam system game.
1: I'm um, not too sure about that. Well, it could be a Spike One. Um,
0: yeah, that's just speculation. Anyway, right.
1: Um, what's interesting is, or what I'd be interested in 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 finding out is. Um, With each iteration of that playfield, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, not only the artwork changed, but also some elements of the layout. And um, I think in Star Wars, uh, the left ramp uh, entrance was uh, realigned and guarded by drop targets, if I'm not mistaken. That's
0: right, yeah. I was actually looking at um, various different... Um, previous, um, as you say, uh, variants of, of, of that design, and yes, the the thing which just seem to keep changing on it is, is is the way the ramps are laid out, and um, exactly how they're fed. Um, in some cases, uh, there's a sort of um, there's an orbit shot just to the left of the ramp, and in some cases there isn't. So it's not. A literal re-theme it does actually involve some some uh, playfield redesign as well right so um uh, apparently
1: what it appears like is um stern does have a program for companies that uh, if they are interested in having their own pinball machine you can either choose from two different designs one being the wonelli uh design and uh, this being the other design where you get your art applied, and a uh, you can add your own music, and uh, um, probably voice like calls it. as well, and 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 what have you. Um, but you, in essence, you still get basically the same playfield layout, although it, uh, did, uh, with some changes. Um, so, um, well, for Stern, that's a um, a lucrative uh, business model, and. Um, Interestingly, with uh, Supreme, well, we now know that uh, there were uh, 100 Supreme games made. We have no idea how many uh, home Spider-Mans were made, although it's probably not that much. Mm. Um, we have no idea how many Star Wars uh, home games were made. Probably more than Spider-Man, but still uh, no clue. And the interesting thing is that um, it appears that this heavy metal-themed game is going to be um, made on demand basically uh, the idea that I got is let's see how many people will order one and then
0: uh, they will place an order with Stern yeah I'd imagine that Stern would have a sort of minimum order quantity you know, maybe a hundred or whatever um, which the company who's, who's um, commissioning them to build them in this case Incendium would would always order, so they, they would, there would to be a minimum order of 100. And but if, if demand is more than that, then I'm sure Stern would be very happy to make them. Right. So
1: now um, you also uh, already have
0: a pricing point for uh, what this game is going to cost. Yeah, um, I don't think it's been announced officially anywhere. Uh, I've been looking around trying to find any any definite prices, um, but it does seem that um, it's going to be. It's going to be an expensive game. Well, not as expensive as Supreme, but it's going to be up, um, sort of priced at around eight thousand two hundred ninety-nine dollars. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a um, well, it's going to be a, a, a short run. It's going to be a you know limited number um, a, a highly collectible title, I guess well at yeah. that price point uh, for the yeah. <laughs> yes so oh well um. well it does feature you know original hand drawn heavy metal based artwork and all the other things that uh, we know are in the in the uh, spider-man star wars uh, supreme um, design uh, it it is a it does come with you no know, full coin door and everything like that so it's not it can be operated commercially and i'm sure it will appear in a few um, designated locations who who like to show um, you know the, the the very small runs. I'm thinking of uh, a certain uh, laundry uh, of the name Sunshine in um, San Francisco. Is but it there Francisco? might be other places. Oh, I thought um, it was in New York, but uh, yeah. am I getting that wrong? Quite yeah. possibly. Sunshine is in New York. You're right. My mistake. Well, a mistake from Martin from Pinball News. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, this is why I do the website, so I can go back and delete that and pretend it never happened. But but uh, well, this is a podcast, so we never do anything as underhand as that. So yeah, it'll um, it'll turn up in a few uh, specific locations, I'm sure. And um, I guess if you're a real a real fan, uh, a real real fan of the heavy metal, either movie or the uh, the comic book. Uh, this will be for you, so uh, you need to go. Um, I should also mention that it does have a um, quite a lot of music tracks from the movie, uh, but we won't know exactly what they are until the official announcement of the game is made, which will be on March the twentieth. Right. So that will be in uh, what just over two two and a half weeks from the date of this podcast and right. um, at that point I'm sure there'll be, there'll be a lot more details about how you can uh, go ahead and order it if you've got a uh, little over $8,000 um, burning a hole in your pocket right okay so now while you eat the
1: um let me address some of the other news regarding uh, Stern Pinball because there's obviously more than the, the uh, heavy metal uh, mm. game that we uh, just discussed Uh-oh. Um Um, there have been quite a few code updates to start with that Uh, I'm not gonna uh, mention all the specifics but um, basically most of their recent games uh, got code updates and um, Black Knight even got to uh, uh, 1.0 and even 1.1 I think Uh, Mm -hmm. 1.01 and the topper for Black Knight has now also become Officially available, which is the the topper with the moving Black Knight head. Um, which um, I thought uh, I, I I've seen that uh, uh, um, a demo of that on um, uh, at
0: Pinball Expo, and I thought it looked mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, and the flames, the animating flames behind as well. Look, look very good, right. very, uh, re- really sort of mirrors what's on the uh, on the back back panel of the play field as well but right. uh, even more so
1: right now um, uh, Stern also announced something that we um, can consider as innovative and uh, I don't think we've seen it uh, on pinball machines uh, before and uh, mm. that has to do with their uh, current game Stranger Things um, apparently uh, on all games of all models um, there has been printed a special layer of UV ink, which is only visible if you light the playfield up with a uh, special UV lighting kit. And CERN um, made such a lighting kit available for a merely $280, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, you have to install. Uh, those uh, lead strips under the ramps or under the sides of the ramps I believe that it is yeah they're on the sides yeah and Mm -hmm. uh, it comes with a bunch of uh, 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 replacement plastics as well uh, that have to uh, that probably light up in some way Mm. um, as well Yeah. yeah And uh, so basically what happens at certain points in the game, um, the, the general illumination turns off and the uh, UV illumination takes over, revealing the, uh, the hidden layer of uh, print um, on top of the, uh, the regular play field. And apparently that contains some uh, uh, writings and uh, other... Um, well, uh, theme-related stuff, I would say. Um, I tried to, uh, obviously, uh, pictures were circulating on the internet, um, and I I tried to look really close, but um, it might just be me, or maybe you have to see it in person to be really impressed with it, but... Um, I just saw like, okay, we have uh, um, uh, the same play field and it lights up with a, uh, uh, a, a blue glow um, mm. and there might, be some, uh, there, might, there might be something extra on there. But if you're playing pinball and you're trying to keep your eye on a ball uh, that's moving around, I don't think you really have the time to um, sit down and, and look, oh, look,
0: this is different or that's different. Yeah, I, th- I think um, well, one of the key uses of that uh, UV lighting is uh, during the upside down feature, which previously I think it, it, it did some, some pretty dramatic lighting effects that made the, a lot of the playfield dark and um, sort of uh, turned off a lot of the inserts as well, and um, as well as the GIs, but it, it, it did change the look of the playfield quite a lot. And this uh, this UV lighting kit takes that to a to a whole other level. Um, it it um, it is really just um, two strips of uh, UV LEDs, and uh, it's not anything particularly you know impressive technically. But the fact that this has already been built in to the way the game is, is built, but wasn't revealed until now, is a is a nice surprise. And uh, the it was the one uh, of well, the latest code updates. Um, versions 8, uh, 0.84 and zero point eight five both allow you to um, set whether or not you have this lighting kit installed. In which case, it changes the way that the the lighting during um, upside down and and then in, in other situations um, operates. It's um, it's not something which I guess is um, that. Um, advanced and smart in that you have to actually tell the game whether or not this is installed or not so it, it's, it doesn't auto sense it but I guess for like uh, the price of what $280 I think you said it was um, it's probably not worth messing around and trying to develop uh, an alternative kit which um could be maybe half the price, but it's just a, you know, a couple of strips of LEDs. But it's all going to be supported properly by Stern, and you know, if anything happens, you your game But well, you've got no warranty on it. So yeah, well, I think two hundred and eighty so. is not too bad as a, as a you know, for, for the effect it gives you. It's quite quite an impressive. I think um,
1: in an board. alternative kit has already been developed, um, but you'll still be missing the plastics that come with the uh, with the Stern kit.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, if you're spending you know, six thousand plus dollars on a game, another two hundred and eighty to get that feature is not really a big deal. I would have thought. Right. Um, I guess
1: it depends how you look on it uh, at it. You might also think like, if I'm already spending that much money,
0: why isn't it part <laughs> of it? <laughs> well, yes, um, that's. So, particularly if you get in the LE, that, that's an argument. You know, you, you, traditionally you expect the LE to include all the bells and whistles, but right. um, you know, increasingly we're finding that's not the case, aren't we? Right. So, oh well. And I, um, I think that wraps it up for. Uh, no, um, you remember that um, last month we did our, our podcast right at the end. I think about the twenty eighth or something of uh, of January, and uh, we we happened to miss out right at the very very end of the month stern announced that they were going to be rerunning um the iron man vault edition all oh, right yes um which is something you you included in your um pimble magazine monthly update newsletter thing yes but it was uh, it was something which we just narrowly missed i think by a day i think or be a few hours last time so it's worth mentioning that well and the the interesting thing
1: was dave peterson had mentioned at eag that they were going to uh be rerunning the vault edition of um um, iron man but he didn't tell me when so i knew it was coming but (laughs)
0: yeah yeah you mentioned it i think but it um it wasn't actually officially announced until the very end of uh, january actually it wasn't officially announced uh, at all, <laughs> at all, <laughs> in the
1: sense that um, uh, distributors announced that the game was available, but I've never seen an official announcement from Stern that they were rerunning the game.
0: No, it's a good point. Um, it's a bit strange that I guess they uh, want to want to focus on on trying to sell uh, Stranger Things at the moment rather than uh, a Vault Edition, right. But so, it's um, it is available and uh, from your uh, stone distributor. Um, and the I think it was a rather small run, though. So um, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I would be
1: surprised if if we're talking hundreds of games. I think we're probably talking dozens of games.
0: Yeah, it always makes you wonder why it's been done. Whether uh, either they had a, some spare parts left over and decided to to do that, where they had Other, some, some.
1: I know there was a, a they, Dave Peterson told me there was a demand for the game. Um, and, then, and, well, Stern does have the capacity to, to do small runs, so it could just be that they figured, like, hey, there is a demand for uh, so many Iron Man uh, Vault Edition games. Um, if there is a hole in, uh, uh, on a production line to fill in with some game, let's see if we can run those and, and, and take that money
0: that's uh, waiting for us. Oh, well, right. Um, you would hope there wouldn't be a hole in the production line, but uh, if there is, then Well, they've got enough.
1: multiple production lines, so you never know. Uh, if, if, if one is sitting idle for some time, then you might just figure, like, okay, what can we do to, uh, to keep it busy or, hmm. or put something on it?
0: yeah well, the um, as you said, it wasn't officially announced, but it does seem like the the recommended retail price is five thousand nine hundred dollars, um, but it seems to be generally available at distributors for two to three hundred dollars below that price, so fifty six to fifty seven hundred.
1: Um, I don't know exactly what stranger things costs, but the price you just mentioned is um, ex- more expensive than, than that Iron Man. so. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a Stern title competing directly with Stranger Things in that sense. Uh, if people want to go for the cheaper game, then, well, Iron Man would be either the game to go or a Star Wars Home Edition. But.
0: Yeah, well, so you do have the heavy metal um, at 80, 83 and, um, and sort of the, the LE of uh, Stranger Things, um, further up the, the, the price bracket. So, yeah, they have a range of products at various prices, which is, uh, I'm sure, where they would like to be. Right. So, um, Stern was also
1: at a toy uh, fair mm-hmm. um, earlier this month. I didn't get into the details that much. Uh, I, I saw the announcement. They were there with a bunch of games, uh, recent games. Um, any details on that, or shall we just skip that?
0: It uh, they they was at the New York Toy Fair, um, the 2020 Toy Fair in New York. Uh, they they had four, four pinballs there, A Stranger Things, Jurassic Park, Star Wars um, Comic Edition, and the Star Wars pin, as we mentioned earlier.
1: I was going so, to ask whether they were, because that <laughs> would make sense. Yeah.
0: yeah, for those, those were there. Um, I guess it makes sense it, I, uh, I think they've been to that toy fair before it's maybe the second year they've been there Yes. Um, but doing things like that in Comic Con obviously trying to expand the, the potential market for Thimble into um, well, to more expensive toys I suppose and uh, obviously some of their themes are very much um, in tune with the kind of stuff that would be at Comic Con as well right. so yeah Good for them. Yeah. Getting pinball out there um, and uh, and building the player base, which uh, it's all about, and uh, hopefully the, the customer base as well.
1: Right. Okay. So, um, you see, uh, I mentioned the uh, the software updates. Um, you
0: want to briefly talk about those? Okay. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, Elvira House of Horrors um, had a couple of. Um, Upgrades actually, or updates from uh, 0.9 to 0.191 to 0.92, which has actually been this has been a really big update sequence for uh, for that particular game. There's been a lot of new modes and lighting effects added. Um, It really is getting to be you know it's 0.9x, so therefore it's getting quite close to version 1.0, which should be feature complete. But this is now getting much more of a game. Much more sure a complete game than we've seen before. I, I, the only thing I think um, is, is that they have added, you know, lots of new modes, lots of new features, but I'm not seeing or not hearing, maybe I should say, an awful lot more in the way of speech calls. And I know that's something that you are quite, quite. Um, Picking up on Jonathan, is it wasn't a game that, that sort of made you laugh at the at the time right. because there weren't weren't some sort of wasn't didn't have the same level of innuendo or or, or funny voice calls from Elvira, as we we maybe come to expect. Um, I am not seeing that that's been changed particularly. there's more intros for the new features, but whether that's I, I should say straight away that I haven't played it, so <clears throat> I'm not really in a position to say that. There's no new Elvira calls in there, but it's not not being promoted in the uh, in the software updates and the release notes as having new Elvira speech. Because um, so that was Elvira's House of Horrors, Black Knight. Uh, I think we mentioned that before. Uh, version 1.01 uh, adds uh, support for the Topper, but um, interestingly, there is actually custom speech in the game now, which is only available if you have the Topper installed. Huh. So that, um, some of that, I think, is during a track mode if you press both flipper buttons and the topper will activate and uh, the Black Knight up there will, will uh, talk to you or taunt you, more likely, into uh, playing the game. So that's um, some extra speech you'll only get if you buy the topper kit for that game. Jurassic Park. Uh, Jurassic Park, I mentioned about 1.0 being a sort of feature complete. Um, well, that is now at 1.0, having gone from 0.98... Uh, last month so that has that has changed quite a lot as well um with the addition of uh, the escape nublar challenge mini game which um it can be activated by holding both flipper buttons when the game's either got credits in or is on free play and that allows you to basically play the game in a different way just to play the wizard mode um if that's what you want to do it's um it's kind of, I suppose, like playing Lost in the Zone on Twilight Zone, right? Which uh, was a feature that was added later on. I think it um, was a hack. Actually, it was not a feature. Somebody hacked it and, and then it came. Into oh the- right, oh, okay. Oh, I thought that was something that Ted did, but um, maybe I'm uh, misremembering that. But that is available now as um, Escape Nibla um, Challenge. Which is, is quite in depth, actually. It has multiple stages to complete. <laughs> One of the interesting features about it, though, is if you do tilt while you're playing it, that ends the game completely. I like that. Hmm. Yes, I thought you would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the kind of sadistic person who would, who would love that. Um, the latest version, 1.0, also added an Ultra Wizard mode called uh, When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth. Which uh, you get when you complete the visitor center, um, museum mayhem, secure control room, and and the wizard mode we just mentioned, escape, and blah. Okay, that's for the sort of Keith Alwins among us, so it it's is. very nice. Yeah, he, not uh, p- many people are going to get to see that, absolutely right. Uh, but it is there, so that's, that sort of adds to the fact that this is a feature-complete game now, Jurassic Park not to say there won't be more features added or uh, new new ideas brought along but uh, it's uh it's a very detailed game so if you if you like a, a fully featured rule set then jurassic park certainly delivers in that regard and right. um i think you mentioned stranger things um version 8 0.84 0.85 added a bunch of new rules, scoring tweaks, and um, added in the support for the uh, Ultraviolet Lighting Kit that we mentioned earlier. Right. So that's um, Stern Pinball's software updates um, right. during um, February. Right. Um, I do have uh, one little bit of uh, Stern-related
1: news. I think it was the uh, Loser Kit uh, podcast that had an interview with uh, Keith Elwin in which he revealed that... Um, his third game is um, done and he already started working on his fourth Um, and that probably means that um, I'm expecting Stern to come out with a John Ward game uh, next which is heavily Mm -hmm. rumored to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Keith Elwin could be right up after that it depends oh. how much time they have to develop um, all the uh, the uh, uh, well software, of course, but also the manual and and all that sort of stuff that that also needs to be developed for a new game.
0: So um, well, don't forget we are do a Steve Ritchie game as well.
1: Um, well, that could either be uh, later this year. Um, Obviously, we don't know Stern's um, uh, uh, planning for games, but uh, we'll just have to see. Hmm. And another rumor that I'm hearing, which was kind of surprising to me, um, and I don't remember where I heard it from, so can't tell you where I heard it from, Um, Led Zeppelin has been rumored for quite some time um, as a potential... A theme, a future theme uh, on a Stern Pimple Machine. And uh, since you mentioned Steve Ritchie, apparently Mm. Steve Ritchie would be working on that game.
0: Well, that's why I mentioned it, yes. Yes,
1: but that's rather surprising to me because um, I think we all know, or at least you and I know, that um, Led Zeppelin was a dream theme for John Borg. Indeed, yeah. So. it's interesting to see whether Stern will actually come out with a Led Zeppelin game. Uh, there's a, also been a rumor that there would be a Led Zeppelin game which would be a re-theme of, a, uh, of an older uh, Stern Electronics game. Um, but if Steve Ritchie is involved, then I highly doubt that because I mm-hmm. think Steve Ritchie would like to do his own play field and
0: not work with something that already exists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? It's not it's not, uh, not the kind of way he works normally. Right. The same goes for John Borg, by the way, as well. So, yeah, but well, John, uh, John tends to revisit his own if he's going to revisit any.
1: Probably, yeah. So, um, oh well, we'll just have to wait and see. But so um, that that's sort of in uh, what's what's in the works. So so expect Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, the third Keith Elwin game and possibly
0: a Led Zeppelin game. Yeah, um, either by Steve Ritchie or John Borg, but uh, probably Steve Ritchie, I think, at the moment. Right,
1: which um, um, sort of makes me feel a little bit sorry for John Borg because yeah. I know he wanted to do that. and
0: um, Yeah, I'm sure he's been battling to try and get that license for, for a long time.
1: Right, so it could be interesting to see whether John Borg would have any... Um, uh, interference with Steve or or collaboration on on oh, such input, a game. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely that could be interesting. But so. we probably expect to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably be announced in typical fashion like one day after Texas Show closes. Yes. That's normally the way that, uh, that these things pan out such that the uh, the game can be uh, it'll be in production already, and there will be a bunch of them at uh, the Midwest Gaming Classic the following weekend. Right, which is um, where we will be hosting our So
1: You Think You Know Pinball quiz as well this yeah. year. Not only Absolutely. at Texas, but also at the Midwest Gaming Classic. So if you want to win prizes, take up some cool pinball swag, then make mm. sure to participate in the So You Think You Know Pinball quiz.
0: Yeah, you got two bites of the cherry if you're in the US and going to both shows. Um, otherwise, you've got one one chance in Texas and one chance in uh, in w- Wisconsin. Right. So, yeah. oh well. Moving on, Dutch pinball. Yeah, well, they've been busy, or Barry has, anyway. This uh, this past month. Uh, I'll, it's I'll... about time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Doctor Who. Um, Um, I'll let you uh, lead the way on that as uh, as a compatriot of yours yeah sure isn't that racist (laughs) no not really (laughs) it's countryist but
1: uh... (laughs) right so um, what they showed recently very recently was a um, uh, a video on uh, Facebook and Instagram I think um, of the new uh of the, of the game of course with the new uh early achiever edition apron and um how that integrates with uh the attract mode uh lighting effects um and i really have to say wow what great lighting effect
0: it does Sorry. look really good i have to say yeah
1: yeah um i don't want to uh, um, criticize Stern at this point, but when it comes to lighting shows, seriously they are light years behind.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. Um, if you if you, if you you look at what uh, uh, Scott Panisi has done on um, uh, Rick and Morty and also uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation mm-hmm. yeah, um, TNA, if you look exactly. at uh, Dutch Pimble using the same technique by the way as um, uh, Scott is using on uh, Rick and Morty Um, uh, mind-blowing light show, basically. Um, But, um, so in the new uh, Achiever edition apron, there's cutouts for um, uh, several wall elements that you might recognize from the um, bowling uh, alley in the Mm. movie. And uh, these are backlit, um, and they completely integrate with um, the light show uh, on on the rest of the playfield, and um, and it looks really really good. There's no other way to say it, basically.
0: And that that particular apron is only available to those people who who are early achievers who, who pre-ordered their games back in the day. Yes, that's not that particular version. Does say you know it's laser cut with achievers edition yes. into it. And that you, can, you will not be able to buy that apron. It's only for those those buyers. Yes, um, and I believe there will be an
1: apron uh, made available for those that uh, recently bought a game and would like to integrate that kit uh, or that 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 light show in there as well, because the current apron doesn't have those
0: uh, cut out. So, no, that will be a, an aftermarket. Uh, add on if you want to buy that, yeah. and I think it's probably. I think Barry says it could be about, about five weeks away, but um, I don't know whether how accurate that time is. time yeah. is it might be a bit of a guess with Dutch Pinball I tend to
1: take things a little, uh, a little loose, yeah, in terms of timing and so on. So, and um, other than that. Um, uh, well, they showed games uh, or photos on uh, social media of games being built and shipped to uh, uh, both new buyers and early achievers. So, um, well, the good news is that Spimble is building games, and uh, yeah. hopefully, they can uh, crank up the production uh, so that more people get their games sooner.
0: Yeah, some of those people who were owed games are starting to get them. So, uh, it's a time. Yeah, the more, the more uh, games they, they make uh, and uh, the more games they sell um, to new buyers, the more uh, they'll be able to make for the original early achievers as well. So right. uh, some uh, some good news there for everyone, I think. Right, okay. So um,
1: I completely forgot about the fourth or fifth uh, headline about, uh, that, that we um, uh, were supposed to be talking about, but let's get to that right now Yeah. Um, when we get to Multimorphic.
0: Yeah, it's been a busy month for them as well. Uh, based down in in Austin, as we know, and uh, you know we we may be calling in and visiting them um, in, a, in, in a few Austin. weeks' time. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. Not, they're, they're in Round Rock. Um, okay, we're just north of Austin. I'm just you know, if I say Round Rock, who knows where that is? If I, say, <laughs> <laughs> if I say Austin, then people get a, a good idea of roughly where okay, that is. Okay, fine with yeah. me. Sure. Yeah. It's Texas, anyway. It is, yeah. It's um, it's south of um, the Texas Pinball Festival show, and uh, about three hours' drive away. Uh, but fortunately, it's um, it's kind of on the way to San Antonio, where we'll be going for the uh, the Deep Root Pinball launch. Yeah. Uh, more more about that a bit later. But yes, they've um, Multimorphic have announced that uh, Patrick Patler has joined Multimorphic as their Director of Sales and Marketing.
1: Right, and now you might wonder, Petla, (laughs) Petla, Petla, Mm. Petla, where
0: do I know that
1: name from? (laughs) Yes, rings a bell, doesn't it? Yes, it's Jim Petla's baby brother.
0: Ah, there you go. So, uh, obviously, Pinball runs in the family, or does now, anyway. Yeah, so, um,
1: interestingly, um, I... Uh, well I talked to Jim we heard the interview um, and I asked whether his brother uh, had been working in pinball before Um, he said yes when he was a teenager
0: he used to work at an arcade and that's about it Okay, but he's uh, experienced in sales and marketing which um, is probably more important for Multimorphic because that's an area that they uh, they need some, some help in Right. So now they got Patrick to, uh, to to take on that role as the director of sales and marketing. Right. It's a, a, a rather
1: interesting note. Um, as you may know, Jim Petla was retired, um, and then he got back into pinball, working for American Pinball. Um, and his brother was basically asking, "Now, why are you doing that?" And well, his brother was retired as well, and guess what? Mm-hmm.
0: So it runs in the family, I guess. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. A Getting back out of retirement, that is. Yeah, and going to work for a pinball company. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. But there's more well, news. There is. There's quite a lot more news. Um, as part of their sales, um, they have now appointed um, Stefan Riedler um, from RS Pinball in Austria uh, as their European distributor for the, for the, uh, the P3 Pinball platform. Wow. So... So they now have a, a sales outlet in Europe for that particular uh, device. It could, it could be interesting. Yeah, well it, uh, no, it would have been pretty difficult to get one previously, you'd have to have got it shipped from America, but now um, now we can get it directly from the uh, European distributor, which is Stefan at RS Bimble. So that's uh, some good news. Um, now there's um, a Texas Bimble festival, I was going to say show, but it's TPF. Um, they, uh, Multimorphic will be showing um, some some new things. They will be showing their um, Cosmic Cart Racing 2.0, which um, has a what they call career mode, which Ooh. is actually makes it a lot more like uh, a regular, kind of like a three-ball pinball game. Right, with seven-time game. Yeah, that's right. And, and instead of being one where you're necessarily competing against other players, this is one where you're um, you have objectives, um, you have a rule set that um, is all about fast-paced play and and keeping the ball flowing and doing combos and and stacking things at the same time. So uh, I was talking to Jerry um, from Multimorphica earlier, and he was he was emphasising how it's you, know, you really do not want to be holding the ball on the flipper. During that game, because you need to keep the ball flowing, so you can keep a playfield multiplier going, and to make all your all your scores you know, uh, really worthwhile. Right. And and it does uh, remember that it has the ability that game to lock balls on the ramps with magnets. Uh, well, it uses that feature as well in the in the regular uh, pinball version of uh, a career mode on Cosmic Kart Racing 2, uh, and enables you to start a, a three-ball meteor shower multi-ball using that. Um, so that's something that uh, definitely want to check out when you get to Texas Pinball Festival and I'm sure they'll also be at the Midwest Gaming Classic as well. Uh, so that's um, Cosmic Kart Racing 2.0's career mode and um, they're also you know, something you and I saw before was um, internet play of uh, Cosmic Kart Racing and that's um, something which they haven't actually introduced yet, but it's it's in test and is they want to get it just right before they actually make it available as a feature. And it's also worth mentioning that uh, that, as well as uh, career mode on Cosmic Kart Racing, is is a free update for anybody who already owns the Cosmic Kart Racing sort of head-to-head battle at the moment so if you bought the Playfield and the game you know, the, the Mini play or the Playfield module is probably the better description and and the game itself because normally they'd be sold together then you will get this upgrade uh, with this extra feature and uh, the head-to-head racing as well it's all going to be uh, available free um, as a, a sort of gift and a thank you and a reward for uh, your, your purchase and your uh, confidence in the company wow yeah, so pretty nice to get all that. No extra charge. So uh, it's not like um, you know they put UV lights on or something and charging it for it. Um, now there's the big story, I suppose, is... that Now, that now you're, get, you're getting to the big story yeah. now. Yeah, well, you know, I told you it was a busy month for Antimorphic because also at Texas they're going to be revealing an entirely new game. Right. Uh, I don't think anything's been revealed about it yet. Uh, I have had a sneak peek at it.
1: What? Yeah. I I know know that we've seen a box last year when we visited Multimorphic. There was a box Mm -hmm. with what Jerry mentioned to us. He said "Us, that would be the fourth Playfield module. um, And apparently one year later, now it's ready to be revealed.
0: It's not just the Playfield module, but the software and uh, and everything to go with it. It's... um, I'm not I'm not at liberty to give any details about the game itself. Ah oh, come on. because um, it, be um, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, <laughs> it will be revealed at the uh, tell me, tell me. Don't say that. We might as well not bother. It will be revealed at the Texas show and uh, I think there'll be a, an announcement probably you know a few days before as well so people will know what they what they're coming to see. But um do you know it, what team it will be? I do know what theme it is, but um, again, I'm not. I'm not it's in the license theme. Um, I, I don't want to say anything more about it at the moment. But what I will say is that the the up it has its own upper playfield module, and it really sort of extends a lot more down onto the main playfield than anything we've seen before, and adds some some features as well that we haven't seen before in, in, in any of the, the the P3 games. So I think it's. It's something you're going to be you know, very interested to see and play, and I think it's uh, they've got big hopes for this game. It's it's kind of up there on the level of you know Lexi Lightspeed as being a, another full-featured, fully immersive game uh, with its own playfield module, and you know it may be, I guess, you know, re-reutilised in, in future titles, but. It's, it's very much um, designed around this, this new game. So um, it's going to be exciting. So um, needless to say, Pinball News will have a, uh, an exclusive reveal of uh, all about the game nearer the time. And uh, obviously there isn't a lot of time to go before oh. Texas. So over the next few weeks... Um, will be able to tell you all about it and then you'll be able to go to texas and then the midwest gaming classic and other shows i'm sure after that and try it for yourself well, I definitely will. Now you get me all excited. <laughs> when I to play it because
1: last you year I remember Jerry was very excited about the uh, the Playfield module for the fourth game and um, what the, the the plans he had for it. So I'm very very interested in in uh, well in trying all of them. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I will uh, I will let you know all that I I, I I'll read it. it on Pinball News. Yes. Well. I'm sure we'll have a behind-the-scenes chat, but uh, but yes, um, the official announcement will be on Pinball News um, nearer the time. Right. And um, but before before we get to Texas, you know, you and I, we have uh, another job to do and another another event to uh, report on, don't we? Be- be- before we get to Texas. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. What's that? Oh, before, be? before we get to the Texas Pimple Festival.
1: Oh, I, so. <laughs> I thought it, it, you meant to say te- the, the 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 state of Texas. I
0: was like, I don't have anything in my agenda. Oh. No. Okay. No. Before we get to TPF, uh, and before we even get to Multimorphic, if we uh, manage to to call in on the way, right? Uh, we will well, be down if, if in San. If we Saturday. managed to to fly out there
1: with this coronavirus, it was still don't know, and things are
0: up in the air. (laughs) Well, literally, yes. Uh, Well, I I will be up in the air, one way or the other. I'm I'm determined to go down to uh, San Antonio and uh, visit Deep Root Pimple, uh, along with you. Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Um, I have... Oh, not now. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: um, As you can hear, I have a cell phone ringing. Um... Mm. Which happens to me all the time um, during the recording of this podcast. Um, sound quite right, though. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, I'm sort of on a low battery, and um, mm, it sounds like it's kind of ooh, a bit ill. That's what I mean. Um, Hope it hasn't got the okay, For those uh, unaware of what's happening, um, I have a call coming in from Gary. Oh, Gary Stern's calling you back. Oh, right. Oh, but you didn't speak to him earlier, did you? No. Oh, but um, i was speaking to him now. Actually, don't want to disappoint you, but I'm referring to Gary Flower. Well, that's never a disappointment. Um, do we have time
0: to get Gary on the show? Oh, I think so. We should do, because um, he's going to be starring in our uh, in our March recap, isn't he, when we're at the Texas show. I'm afraid that's after. inevitable, yes. Hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, put him on. Okay. Yeah, the phone doesn't sound good. Well, I have bad news for you. My phone just died. You would think if you're doing a podcast, A, you wouldn't have somebody calling in, and B, if they do call in, the phone would be charged.
1: Yeah, I left my charger in the other room. I can't help it. Anyway. Mm. um,
0: Next time, eh? We'll have Gary with us in Texas, so... We will. Yeah, we'll make up for all those times he hasn't quite made it by making sure he, he does. We may just, just let him host it, you yeah. know. We'll, we'll go to Hard 8 and just let him record it. Right, so anyway, we were
1: discussing Deep Root Pinball, and yes, there is a press event coming up um, on the 25th of March... Um, Actually, I got some details uh, uh, in the email uh, earlier today. Mm -hmm. Um, To my surprise, um, um, there was a note saying that uh, they can't give out any uh, information up front, although several uh, uh, media have asked for such info. Um, But what I found interesting is... um, not only does it have to do with um, uh, avoiding leaks to happen, but also they will be getting stuff done and ready for launch at at Texas Pinball Festival uh, to the very last second. Mm. Um, Which um, sort of makes me wonder how ready are they? On the other hand... um, I know what it's like with if you're uh, at a company and you're uh, exhibiting at a, a pinball show, you're organizing a press event. It's not like three days in advance you can sit down and, like, we got it all covered. There's nothing we need to do. No, there's always stuff to do. So it's not that odd to mention that. On the other hand, it sort of gave me the idea, like, okay, um, are they on schedule? That's sort of what it made me wonder. So.
0: But well, they are launching a new company, so um, there will be things that they can show, and things that they can't show, and things which they'd like to show but probably aren't ready to at the state At this stage, so yeah, they have to make that judgment call, you know, right up to the last minute. Right.
1: And um, so the uh, the the program for the uh, press event uh, currently still only talks about uh, retro atomic zombie Adventureland as being shown. Then again, if they don't want to leak anything, they
0: wouldn't announce any other titles at this point either. So, yeah, I get the impression that's probably what we're going to be focusing on on uh, the, uh, the launch event. Uh, I'm not convinced there will be any any other mention of other co- titles out there yet, just yet. But there, and uh, they'll be showing us um, some of their maybe focusing more on uh, how they're going to be innovative in various areas. And uh, the, the new ideas they, they're bringing to the table, which, uh, which obviously they've been quite vocal about uh, how, how much pinball needs to uh, reform and uh, to, to innovate. And they, they will be in a position to show us how they're going to be doing that, even if they can't show us everything. Right.
1: Okay. So, uh, but, okay, we'll be there and um, we're very grateful to be there. And we'll be reporting uh, as well. Indeed, yeah. So make sure that uh, on the 25th of March that you're checking uh, Pinball News and also Pinball Magazine, pinball magazine.com uh, for uh, our uh, respective
0: uh, reports on the press event of uh, Deep Root Pinball. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have, uh, have our own takes and our own opinions as to exactly what we've been seeing and uh, what, what we've been shown and what we think it means for the future of uh, both Deep Root Pinball and the pinball industry uh, on a wider scale.
1: Right. Um, um, this could be an, uh, a question that I should ask you uh, afterwards off the record, <laughs> but. Um, That's now off the record at uh i noticed that deep root is allowing uh podcasts to be recorded um at the deep root facility and uh uh, have interviews with uh, employees of deep root um so i'm just going to throw that out there is there any chance that we might be recording a podcast at the deep root facility
0: a bonus podcast i would Think that would be a, a very very likely possibility. Yes, I'm sure there'll be be lots of people that uh, we'd want to speak to. Whether we'll actually get a chance to speak to everyone we want to, because it's going to be crowded, and uh, but we can certainly put in our bids for interviews with uh, certain key personnel, and uh, yeah, put together a, a deep root special. I'm sure. Okay, excellent. So. You heard it here first on the Pinball Magazine
1: and Pinball News podcast. There will be a special bonus episode on probably March twenty fifth, twenty sixth, something like that. We
0: certainly plan to do it. Yes, we'll, we'll, know, we'll, we'll, give it our best shot. Right. So can't can't say more than that because we we never quite know how these things are going to go. Well, it's, obviously we're in Texas. It's hectic. We're traveling, so
1: we'd have yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, on the yeah, other I'm hand, it was suggested imagine. to me that you can record podcast episodes when you're
0: driving a car. Well, I was going to wonder about that, yes. Uh, well, I, I could imagine me driving, you sitting there with your laptop, editing the audio, um, telling Gary in the back to shut up because he can't hear what's going on. And, um, yeah, it's, and uh, pulling over every now and again so we can upload stuff to, uh, to, the, to our uh, podcast host. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, ad hoc. We'll we'll make it up as we go along, as we always do. Right. Okay. So um, just in case you thought this was a carefully crafted production, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we still have a few topics to discuss because uh, there was a lot going on, and yes, I know we're uh, it's already a long show. So let's try to really wrap this up a, yeah. a, a, let's a bit quicker.
0: Move along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's so uh, well, we mentioned about Chicago Gaming and their, um, their collaboration with Ben Heck and Spooky Pinball. So no uh, need to readdress that. Yes, fourth game, uh, the
1: remake title is likely to be at the Texas Pinball Festival next.
0: Yeah. Nothing about that collaboration there from from Chicago Gaming. Okay. Haggis Pinball. Remember in the last one we were, um, were a bit concerned yes. about exactly what was going on with Damien there because he was he had been doing daily vlogs. And, and then he uh, shut all of a sudden, the they the Yeah, <laughs> yes. out of the blue, complete, complete. Uh, oh, radio, but uh, web uh, blog silence. Well, fortunately, everything's all right. It's um, just been busy dealing with uh, things about the game and real life. But he has, um, so he's he's kind of said he's not going to be doing the the daily blogs or blogs anymore. And he's going to do uh, more occasional ones, right. uh, which he did. And so there's a few out there now, uh, mainly around the uh, the construction of the playfields that are being used for the, the first game, Celts. And um, the fact that they are uh, an unusual construction, shall we say, um, it uses a scratch-resistant, um, bottom-printed acrylic sheet which goes over a white playfield, um, white-painted plywood base so if you can imagine it's um i don't want to sort of demean it and, and say it's, it's like an overlay but if you can imagine a, a, a really thick solid sheet like an overlay that's got the printing on it oh, and it's the cut- four hearts. and a half mill-
1: millimeters thick
0: yeah say really thick so this is not something that's going to flex or bend or uh, move around very much but it's, um, it's got this special coating on it which is meant, meant to make it incredibly scratch scratch resistant. You might be able to hear a bit of scratching going on in the background, and um, whereas well, Jonathan tries to prove that point, but it's um, it was demonstrated as as being you know immune to dimples and uh, by being hit by various different types of hammers, including a sledgehammer. Um, on one of the not uh, on full force though, but still, yes, no, we get no. the idea. Gently, gently hit, but um, it's supposed to be an ultra tough coating which um, will well, it's uh, a, withstand. It's a four and a half millimeter thick plastic layer. That's hard to dimble. You need a very true, <laughs> and but also it's about damage and and wear. You know, just by by rolling a ball over it millions of times, it doesn't end up. With, with ball tracks in it, or it doesn't end up with, I'm not sure how it's been tried with As long as you don't use a rusty ball that would be true, I'd say Yeah, well we haven't seen exactly what's going to happen if you do use a rusty ball, but probably wouldn't be a good idea, but one of the one of the advantages of, of doing that is that, that that acrylic layer is not adhered, it's not, bolt, it's not glued to the wood underneath, so if it does get damaged in any way, if you accidentally leave your soldering iron a bit too close to the playfield while you're resoldering a wire yeah, and you melt a the playfield, you can just get a new acrylic layer and unbolt everything that's on the uh, on the surface because uh, it all goes through the acrylic layer into the wood and probably through in, into T-nuts on the other side of the wood. Um, you can almost wonder what's the point of having the wood layer really except of um, yeah. course it's uh, making it a much better surface for for screwing things into. And um, yeah, it's um, it did did seem a bit a bit strange that the, it's white painted on the uh, on the wood. And you think, well, why don't you just white paint the bottom of the acrylic layer? Yeah, and uh, that would do the same thing. But um, there may anyway, be a reason. It, well, the wood. I mean, the wood doesn't. Wood is going to be lighter as well. I expect because it's plywood. You won't get any of the sort of um, ball um, wood. Um, interface properties you know you won't get the ball spin type things you would get from rolling a ball on a wooden surface because it's, it's rolling on acrylic so that'll have a, a different characteristic might be better might be worse don't know we haven't tried yeah. it yet well
1: there's still ways to treat acrylic i know that uh, Pimble universe in germany um, they make these um, playfield protectors which are uh, um, basically a, uh, a layer of plastic which is designed for uh, particular play fields. Um, but um, they are very knowledgeable on uh, plastics, basically. And um, they claim that they, uh, or at least the technician that I talked to claimed that they have found a, um, a type of plastic that uh, plays like wood, basically. Mm-hmm. So you don't. Uh, so it doesn't play like. It's not like your ball is gliding on a plastic playfield, but it really plays like wood. So, so there's yeah. probably ways to. Um,
0: oh, there absolutely are. I mean, I've got some uh, some clear plastic playfield protectors on a couple of my games um, from quite a few years ago, and yeah, you. you I don't think you'd know. That um, it wasn't wood from the way the ball behaves. So right. um, yeah, if you use the right material, uh, and this is this is probably really down to the scratch-resistant coating that they put on. That um, certainly that Haggis Pinball are putting on right. their acrylic layer as well. So that that will uh, that will that's um, seems to be a big advantage. And I don't know whether that's something which uh, we might see turning up when we get to um, to deep root as well. Uh, they might have a similar kind of concept because they were t- certainly talking about how their playfields wouldn't have a dimple or scratch or uh, would last a long time. Right. So, so uh, yeah, so that's Haggis Pinball. They're back um, telling us all about playfield uh, construction and uh, and printing methods. Um, still some way to go before they're ready to uh, to actually start production of their, their titles by the looks of it. But I'm sure you will see them... Uh, Texas as well. Yes, and uh, uh, and,
1: uh, and Mid-West. Midwest Gaming Classic yep. as well. Yes, yep. they'll be making the same road trip as we are.
0: Mm. Yep, good. Oh well, perhaps we'll uh, stop off and uh, share some some breakfast somewhere. Right. So um, yes, um,
1: moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you listed Suncoast kind of Pinball, but there's no news. Um, no,
0: I, I listed them in, in my notes and just said they're they're still still a dead company, and uh, I don't think they're going to be coming back. So uh, this is kind of like a you know laying laying them to rest, because um, having having mentioned um, you want to give them a proper funeral as well while we're in Texas. <laughs> well, to, um, that flaming um, a pinball cabinet floated out onto a lake or something like that. Yes, mm-hmm. in in the. Uh, Viking way, no, okay. but because uh, I've been because I mentioned them in the uh, in the roundup of 2019, um, they were still on my radar. So I thought I'd just just check to make sure they're not about to come back. And uh, no, I think that's definitely uh, definitely uh, one we might be hearing from again. But right. one we will be hearing from again, and um, hopefully fairly soon. Although progress has been a bit slow, is uh, the Circus Maximus team, uh, mainly sort of. Um, James Loflin, Paul Kiefert and um, Jimmy um, Lipham. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes, yeah, so I, uh, I feel terrible. I couldn't remember Jimmy's name, but uh, you save save my embarrassment and blushes. Yeah. So they're um, they're obviously working on bringing the uh, the Kingpin game, the Capcom Kingpin game, um, to production ahead of doing the uh, the Pitbull Circus game. Uh, Progress has been slow. Um, One of the key things they have had trouble with is the playfield, getting a a scan of the playfield art, because unlike uh, Pinball Circus, where they actually have the original artwork files from the Williams archives, for Kingpin, they don't have the artwork files, so they are having to get scans of an existing playfield. But I thought they did, because I remember they took
1: Steve Savona's game completely apart.
0: Well, apparently the one, the scans that they've got, and that maybe uh, no, they put it all back together, didn't they? The Steve's one, I think. Yeah. But the scans that they got weren't good enough quality. And they weren't happy with the, the way that the artwork came out. So I think right now they're in the process of, of scanning a play field for the fourth time. It might even be the same one. I don't know. In order to get a, a, a much better quality from a, a better scanner, and I think they're, they're very hopeful this time that this will be the last time they'll need to do a scan of uh, the Kingpin Playfield. Right. Uh, from that point onwards, they better move on a bit, a bit uh, further. Once they once they've got a proper playfield or uh, proper artwork that they can print reliably and uh, will look sharp and, and good quality. Well, I hope that they realise that there's. Uh, I think the
1: kingpin playfield was a silt-screened playfield, um, mm-hmm. and it's not a, um, a, a four-color printed playfield like um, uh, Stern is uh, doing. Mm. Um, well, it's printed now, of course. Yeah. So, so what that would mean is that they would need to, uh, once they scanned the uh, the playfield, they basically need to separate the colors. And and create a um, for every color used um, a separate sheet of uh, how that would be uh, applied uh, in a silkscreen process. So they 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 basically in the silkscreen process they would need a um, not sure what what uh, a film for every color and then the last one that you apply is the the black one yeah uh, which that, that, has the yeah. uh, the outlines and everything on it so uh, I, i'm
0: not sure whether they're going with silk screening on the playfields we're going to digitally print them
1: if you want to get them as sparkling or uh, as as fresh looking as the originals i'd say you have to go with um uh, uh, silk screened uh, playfields because i don't think with digital printing, you get the same um,
0: uh, vibrant um, look. It's true, um, but I'm not sure how vibrant the, the uh, Kingpin Playfield actually is. I seem to remember having a lot of greys. Yeah, greys, dark greys. Yeah. yeah, so maybe, maybe it lends itself to being digitally printed more. But obviously, you need to get the the black line if if you're not applying a black line separately, and maybe that's a, a way of doing it it's to increase the sharpness is' to is' to silk screen just the black the outline right layer. well,
1: that might already do the trick but okay. mm. uh, yeah. I'm sure they uh, know what they're doing, and oh, yeah. um,
0: we look forward to seeing them in Texas as well. Yeah, I think they'll they'll have the same game that they had there last year and probably the year before. I don't Good, think they'll they will have any chance I to play yeah. that yet. So, right. So there you go. Another chance to do that. I'm sure they'll be at the Midwest Gaming Classic too.
1: Right. Okay. So, well, um, we briefly touched on the coronavirus, and mm. um, uh, some of you might wonder how serious is it. Well, um, there have already been several. Uh, tournaments cancelled in Germany due to the uh, coronavirus. Um, so it is getting serious.
0: It is, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think PU Battle, the Pinball Universe Battle, was the first one that I heard of. Yes. There may have been others. Um, and that was followed by Freddy's Pinball Paradise uh, their spring open which, right. is, which was in April. And it does say on their website, I was looking at their a bit of that the earlier today, it says they cannot guarantee that uh, basically any future tournaments on their schedule will necessarily be held uh, in the current situation with the coronavirus. Right. So I think the key thing there and the key message to take away from this is if you're going to book anything, travel, accommodation, anything like that, make sure it's refundable in case the event itself is cancelled. Or if you don't mind, you know, if if you don't mind going to the city, where the event is and not taking part in the tournament and just use it as a holiday uh, or a sightseeing trip, then great. But bear in mind there is a a chance that um, future events, any future event, could be cancelled due to this coronavirus.
1: Right. And, um, yeah, I'm still um, hoping, hopeful, that uh, uh, the, the virus will not affect... Um, the upcoming pinball shows in, uh, in America like Texas and uh, Midwest Gaming Classic because it's a lot of people getting together and all you need is one person that's not feeling that well and before you know it. Um, True.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so fingers crossed there and hope that uh, everything goes ahead and everyone is safe and secure. Yeah, so uh, keep washing your hands and... um, Yeah, lots of hand sanitizer around everywhere and, uh, yeah, keep keep the hygiene levels high. Well, that's always pleasant at pinball shows. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I guess this wraps it up for uh, our, it our, our summary of pinball industry news for February 2020 in the first couple of days of March. Yes, it's been a very long episode. I realize that, but um, we're happy that you stuck around and... Um, as we mentioned, we'll be back later this month already, uh, trying to do a podcast from the Deep Root Facilities, and right after the Texas Pinball Festival, we'll be back with
0: our regular monthly uh, summary. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a busy time for us. Hope it's a busy time, and enjoyable time for you, right. and uh, and hope you get a chance to listen to uh, some of our recordings and interviews that we're yeah. able to, to do when we're in America. As a teaser, but with no guarantees,
1: (laughs) I will also announce that we do plan to visit Wayne Nyans in between the Texas Pinball Show and the Midwest Gaming Classic Show. If we do, we might record some extra bonus material to feature in our uh, monthly uh, episode. Uh, at the beginning of March, uh, April, that would be. Yeah. So, um, if you're into um, uh, old Gottlieb games and Wayne Nyan's games, so make
0: sure to tune in for that um, next month. Yeah, you might also, and we, we don't know exactly what's going to happen there, there might be some video as well taken uh, of that particular visit from uh, our good friend Will White, right. who's uh, a good friend of uh, Wayne Nyan's mm-hmm. as well. And has uh, documented um, and done interviews with him as well in the past. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We, again, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, it may be that uh, it's all just you know uh, an off-the-record chat, but there might be some some video as well. When you said uh, you were going to reveal something, I thought you were going to mention that we might be giving uh, presenting an award or something. But uh, well. Um. Would we, it be we a spoiler if we
1: would announce that we would be handing out a certain
0: Twippy Award? Well, I don't know. Which one are you thinking? Because, you know, we're, uh, well, we have very high standards as to, to the kind of awards we hand I out. we, don't we hand out would anything. only be interested in handing out Game of the Year. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's our uh, long-standing position. So, uh, you know, who knows what will happen? Um, if we might be up there on the stage uh, presenting that particular award at, uh, at the Texas Pinball Festival on a Saturday night, either way, we'll be there at the Texas Pinball Festival uh, the, just before doing yep. our uh, So You Think You Know Pinball quiz.
1: Yes, we'll be warming up you, uh, for the Twippies. Well, we'll be not, warming up ourselves. not so much ourselves, but also <laughs> the crowd, so... Um, hopefully we don't warm them up too much uh, because then they might be disappointed with um, they, they might think that the quiz was more fun than the award <laughs> show. Um, oh. So we'll try to balance it a little bit. But um,
0: yeah. Bear in mind that the, the quiz will be during happy hour at the hotel. So I think uh, however it goes, everyone will have a good time. Oh, definitely,
1: yeah, Uh, especially since we'll be, well, in previous years, we both were drinking, so uh,
0: it it became more fun along the way. (laughs) Well, yes, I think I managed to have an entire one drink last year, but... uh, Okay, that's something we need to take care of. I agree. uh, It's top priority.
1: Yes. So, anyway.
0: Yeah. Thanks
1: for listening. And uh, like like I said, we'll be back at the end of the month, and hopefully you will be as well. Thank you very much, and bye-bye for now.
0: Goodbye.